Welcome to the Andy Griffin Show, the number one talk show in St. George, starring Andy Griffin. That's me. Welcome to the program. Nine minutes now after nine o'clock. I'm Andy. Thank you for tuning in. It is Mayor Thursday, and I'm happy to welcome to the show Michelle Randall, the mayor of St. George City. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Andy. Thanks for having me again. You're looking fantastic today. Got the white blazer and Thank you know, the you. black background. Very nice. Matching, Busy day today. Matching earrings. I'm curious, do you, did you leave your earrings on when you put the headphones on? They are, and they're oh, bugging they, me, so okay. maybe at the next commercial I'll have to take them off. <laughs> John, John never took his earrings off. I know, I know. He liked to show them off. Well, anyway, folks, welcome to Mayor Thursday. Michelle Randall has been mayor now for, what, about a month? Uh, Probably, just, yeah, just over a month. I can't remember. Yeah, it's all been a little bit of a whirlwind. It's been a whirlwind. It's been so busy. You uh, Do you feel like you're starting to, uh, I always use the phrase, get it. Are you feeling, you feel like you're starting to get it being mayor? I'm getting it. Yes, I'm getting it. (laughs) And 95% of the time, absolutely love it and so happy that I get to interact with so many different people and meet people and and I'm so busy and then there's five percent of the time that you're exhausted <laughs> oh that's it okay maybe point one percent of the time where you're mad uh or, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> where you somebody just wants to be ugly so yeah you know yeah there is that out there but uh, unfortunately there is but it's not the majority of us thank goodness yeah yeah, and, and, and this is a great place to live and, and, and some place to be proud of. And uh, for the most part, people are happy here. Uh, we have some serious problems happening, though, with the, in, the incredible influx of uh, visitors, but also people who are coming to stay. And that, I guess, Michelle, is probably right right there at the top of your oh, list of, of, of things that you have to deal with. Uh, just traffic. I mean, yeah, President's Day weekend. So we expect a lot of traffic on those types of days. But just every day now, the traffic is more than it's ever been. And I've been here for 27 years. Well, you can't keep anybody out. I mean, they just want to be here. And you can't blame them. If you still live in California and your kids aren't in school or Nevada and your kids aren't in school, you know, I've heard about a lot of people that have come up here and are are buying or renting just so their kids can go to school. And, you know, you can't blame them. You want, want your kids educated and, but it is insane. It really is. Last Friday I had, I was going some places and the traffic, I think every single weekend we're going to see an influx of people visiting because I mean, it's look at, it's gorgeous out there right now. I mean, spring is here, but I was telling you before we started, I was on a webinar, webinar call yesterday with the governor and he said, wait, wait, let me stop you. This number, folks, listen carefully, is going to blow you away because it blew me away. It blew me away, too. He said our biggest crisis in Utah right now facing Utah is homes. And, mm-hmm. and we've known that in Washington County. I mean, there, there just, are no homes. There aren't any, yeah. And he said the number of homes for sale in the entire state right now is about 2,000. In the whole state, not in St. George. Not in St. George. In the entire state. In the entire state. Wow. So it's not just a St. George or Washington County problem. It's it's Utah-wide. People are moving here in droves. And, you know, I had two homes on in my neighborhood for sale. I bet they sold in two days. Wow. It was, it's just crazy. You know, uh, it's been, what, two years, two and a half years ago, we sold, we had a house in Washington and we sold to move in, in, over to Middleton. It took us 
nine months to sell our house. It took a long, long time. We weren't asking a really unreasonable price either. We did go down a little bit and, and eventually sold. But if had that been now, we would have been out of there and they, we wouldn't have had anywhere to live. For and a while you'd be in a bidding war. You would have yeah. gotten way over what you were asking for it. Yeah. That's what's just, it's just crazy. So when, when it comes to the city then, what what are the problems that you're going to have here in St. George City as, as an administration, as, a, as a, a leadership, when it comes to those things? Because obviously you can't do anything. If there aren't houses right now, there aren't houses. So what are some of the issues that you will face then when it comes to this uh, topic? Well, it all it all has to do with growth. So, you know, you have a housing problem and the median housing price is like $480,000. If you're a police officer or a school teacher or a nurse, or you just cannot afford that. Even with low interest, it's still, we're talking about a payment that is just too much. It's just, and even rent, you know, to rent like a two bedroom apartment is more than my mortgage is. It's, it's just, it's crazy. And then everything that comes with growth, you said it, traffic, Mm -hmm. trying to get your traffic to flow. And, and then you, on on the city side, hiring more police officers to keep up with the de- demand of the growth, Didn't or firefighters, yeah. or city employees, like people in public works and water and everything. I mean, and it's it's everywhere. It's it's caused a we're splitting at the seams. Mm. Mm. <laughs> we're splitting at the seams everywhere. So. So, you know, that's interesting you bring those things up because we don't really think about those things. And then I immediately think, okay, what if you go too fast? I mean, you're going to be scrambling, trying to get enough police officers, maybe build new police stations or fire stations or or whatever. Uh, And then I know Michelle Randall doesn't know the future. At least I don't think you do, do you? I I wish I did. (laughs) So at at what, I mean, do you have to be cautious in your hurried growth uh, with the city infrastructure? Yeah, we have to be cautious. and. Mm And then to to put a cherry on top of that, we've got a where where does it become we have enough water for everyone? Mm, That's a big thing too. So, yeah. you know, you've got water and how many building permits can be issued and, and when do we say we can't do as much as we're doing right now? The builders are out there trying to build as fast as they can. I, w- I was talking to a builder yesterday and he said, you know, just to get subs to come and do the work. It's you're, you're out months. Get in line. Yeah. Get in line. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, uh, it strikes me as the, you know, that we don't know what's going to happen, of course, but it strikes me as, uh, uh, you have to be cautiously busy, cautiously optimistic, but there is uh, obviously, I mean, we saw that in 2007 and 2008 where we, we built, 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 built. And then all of a sudden, now I don't think we're in a bubble now, but all of a sudden that bubble burst and we had all these empty houses that right. they had, you know, spec houses or whatever, or, right. or half finished houses that all of a sudden people couldn't afford anymore. So we do have to be, I guess, cautious a little bit. Huh? cautious of that but i don't i don't see it being a bubble either because mm-hmm. if you sell a house in california like a 2000 square foot home in california you can come up here and buy a really nice home yeah. and pay cash for it yeah and, and have money left in the bank yeah, to live on for yeah a while. and that's what's that's what we see happening 
is that are we going to become and I don't mean crime wise and 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 even politically wise, but are we going to become California in that oh, our houses not. are going to be so expensive that if you if you were lucky enough like you and I, you already own a home. Uh, this house that I, you know, that I bought for four hundred or so is going to be four million in oh, ten years. Let's let's not even no. Okay. Let's just say no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Understandable. Understandable. I hope it doesn't go. I mean, I'd love to have that kind of uh, equity, obviously, but obviously, at the same time, I don't yeah. want. I don't want this to turn into that. That would be. That would be well, our children couldn't even live here then. Right. I mean, the wages aren't keeping up with the price of the homes, and so. You know, we're trying to attract businesses that pay a higher wage than we're used to. And there's just so much. It is just, you know, at times overwhelming, all that's going on. We're talking with St. George Mayor Michelle Randall. Michelle will be the mayor of St. George through the rest of this year and maybe beyond, depending on what happens in In November. November. Yeah. You officially maybe have, not maybe not officially, but you are planning on running. I am going to run in November. Yeah. Do you have any idea who your opponents might be? I have no idea. Maybe there'll be 20 something like that applied to be mayor, but usually not. Usually people don't want to put that kind of, time and effort and money into a campaign, but we'll see. Um, Michelle, I'm, I'm curious. Now, you are you and I are similar in age, although you look much better than I do. But, <laughs> Thank um, you. <laughs> we are, I guess, more traditional, old school uh, in our opinions and our, and our politics. And, you know, when, when the job came open with John Pike moving on to, uh, to, the, to the cabinet for uh, Governor Cox, uh, there were a lot of uh, very qualified applicants. There were a few, though, I wouldn't say they weren't qualified, but they had different political ideas than than you and I have. Uh, and you know, there's been a lot made about uh, the the changing in political attitudes. And, and I'm just curious uh, if we get some of these young younger people who I don't want to say younger people. It's not necessarily just younger people, but we get some of these uh, more left leaning people in offices. Do do you see St. George changing in in the future? I mean. It, Eventually, I was talking with Terry Hutchinson, the Washington School Board, yesterday about this. He said, eventually, us us older folks are going to die. Not that you and I are going to die anytime soon, but eventually. I hope not. <laughs> we, we all die. Uh, and, you know, what what is the younger generation going to leave us with? And, and do, you, do you worry about it? Do you think about that at all? Or? I do think about that. I, I hope that people that want to run for office want to run because they don't want to change everything here, that they appreciate what we have here, that... We're still very um, low in crime, a clean city, fairly clean city. There's kind of some issues with that lately during COVID. But yeah, true, true. Yeah. Um, and that they just want a safe, great place for their kids to grow up. But really, it only takes three council members to change everything in the mm-hmm. city. Mm-hmm. They have the majority. They're the legislative body that the city manager listens to their policy and where they want to go. And so if you had three extreme, you know, left-leaning council members, it could change the whole face of the city. 
definitely could. And uh, we've we've seen even at, at the university the, the changing of some attitudes by some academics uh, who feel like the, the name needed to change. And I know you can't, you were right up front. In fact, my sister says, hey, will you ask the new mayor how she stands on the Dixie name? I said, oh, I already know how she stands <laughs> on the Dixie name. I don't have to ask her. And she is very proud of the Dixie name and, and, and living in Dixie. But, you know, it just took a few people there. And all of a sudden, we're, we're at a crisis point right now with that the whole Dixie name change. It, yesterday, so you've got to give a, a shout out to Senator Ibsen. I mean, he, I was on social media just for a little bit. And when he took over as sponsor of the bill, everyone was like, you know, he sold us out. He sold us out. Yeah. No, what he did was buy us some time. Yeah. Because yesterday, Dixie State University would have been no more had Senator Ibsen not really got in there and, and fought for us hard. I talked to him on Saturday, and as of Saturday night, the Senate wasn't even going to allow it to be called the Dixie Campus. Hmm. So between Saturday night and Monday night when I spoke to him, they were willing to give him that and bring it back and form a committee of citizens, alumni, students, faculty, and try and come up with a name that everyone would love. And then also the heritage, I'm not sure what they're going to call it, a, a half a million dollars for for our heritage to be known on the campus. So to me, that was a win from Senator Epson trying to really help us out there because that's where I think people got so angry and frustrated is that study came out and it the same day, I think it was the exact same day the trustees voted. Yeah, unanimously. Unanimously. And the public had no input. And I understand it's a state-run institution, but you still, the, the universities in our, in our town, in our county, we all want to be supportive of, of the university. But also, you know, just come and, and talk to the, to the citizens and the donors and, and people and, and get, get their feelings. So, you know, you've got to... I, I send a huge thank you. I, I sent Senator Ibsen a text yesterday and said, thank you so much for at least getting us that and getting it back here and have a few months to try and figure that out. And, and that's kind of one of the things that I, I wanted to talk about, probably talk about a lot more on the open, you know, open line, open line Friday tomorrow. But uh, a lot of people on social media were, were kind of vilifying uh, Don Ibsen saying, oh, you're a sellout and a traitor. And I was like, wait a minute. I think Don saw that if he didn't make some changes to this bill, we were done. It was, we were done. It, it was over, and, and they were going to change the name regardless of what we think. Absolutely. And so I, I think Don, and this is just my casual observation, but I think Don went, okay, I can't win here, so I'm going to try to change it a little bit and make it so that we have we do have an opportunity to have some input. And that's what he did, and he mm-hmm. used all the political clout he had up there to – to get the other senators to buy on and I get the vote was, there was only two opposed. So he took it a long way from when I talked to him Saturday night, he was very discouraged and didn't think he was even going to get anything to, to what he was able to accomplish yesterday. So. Yeah. Just just to be clear, folks, that, that bill would have passed as is uh, if they'd have gone to a regular vote. I mean, we, it was done. It was done. All right, uh, Michelle Randall, Mayor of St. George, uh, you ready for this? Ready to take some phone calls? Sure. 
<laughs> Michelle said, yeah, absolutely. But I know for a fact she's been nervous as all get out about taking calls. Uh, I think uh, I think everybody's going to be very nice. So, Oh, thank you. And we get to start with one of our old favorites, Seth. Seth, you're on with Mayor Randall. How are you? Uh, would this be called the uh, the A&M show? Uh, we do like M&Ms, but... Uh... <laughs> we could do that. Yeah, Andy uh, and Michelle Mayer, Mayor Michelle. Mayor Michelle, yeah. Huh. Uh, my back is a little out. I've been shoveling a skiff of snow overnight. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, that's good. It, He's it, up in that's, Central. Yeah. Yeah, that's sort of a joke because uh, you usually don't have to shovel skiffs. skiffs yeah. yeah. I thought a skiff was some kind of boat. Yeah, I think it is, actually. Is yeah, it yeah, okay. Well, well, we'll take any moisture we can get at this point, Seth. You bet. And thank you for talking to me when you were ill and your husband and all. And, and I, I hope everything is cleared up and you're, you're feeling chipper and all that. We are both feeling chipper. <laughs> all right. And, and he had the natural um, injection, right? Uh, the, the creator gave it to him, huh? We both did, yep. Well, does that make us immune? I think so. Well, That's what they're telling us for a while, anyway. I I prefer uh, just getting it and being done with it in eight hours instead of having that sharp needle stuck in me. Well, the only where only place I'm going to disagree with you there is mine was ten days, not eight hours. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I take vitamins and stuff, you know. So I did too, uh, but it just didn't seem to help. Yeah, well, um, I'm watching uh, my TV, and of course that's a really bad thing to do if you want to watch TV and try to find some truths. But maybe there's some truth seeping through that there are like millions of people headed uh, this way, headed north to come into our country illegally, and they're not going through the immigration process that my wife and had to go through at great uh, labor and great expense and, and all of that. And, and there seemed to be storming the border and all of that. And I'm just wondering if the state of Utah and St. George City and maybe the county, if we're considered sanctuary areas and sanctuary states, and if they're going to come here because we're a sanctuary city and a county. Great question, Seth. What do you think, Michelle? Well, I don't think St. George is in a sanctuary city. I don't know about the state of Utah, to be honest. And I don't think the county is either. Hmm. Uh, that is just adding another layer of major problems to what we already have. We already have people coming in here l- Legal residents from other states in droves. Yeah. We, I don't know how we even handle just letting people cross the border and come in. It, it, to me, it's just insane right now. It, it'll be interesting to see. We just talked about the housing crunch and, you know, not having very many houses and what we do have are super expensive. Uh, I'm not sure how an, an illegal immigrant, even if they had a job with one of these construction crews or, or whatever, would find anywhere to live. I don't know. I don't know either. I mean, yeah, it's, isn't it crazy how things change so quickly? Just how long ago did we have an, from January, the first of January to now yeah. with a, with a new administration that, and, 
also, it's interesting to me that we're so worried about COVID, but we are ready to just open up the border to anybody. Yeah. Untested. And and these are these are the immigrants coming are ones that not only have they not been vaccinated and some of them have COVID, they haven't been vaccinated for other things like TB and and things, you know, and it's 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 crazy. So uh, we're talking with Michelle Randall, the mayor of St. George. Michelle has uh, been mayor for about a month now. Uh, John Pike took a job with the uh, Cox administration. He is the, I, I like to call him the insurance czar. I don't know if that's really his title. but Insurance commissioner, yeah. but, you know, czar, czar sounds whatever. It does. <laughs> and uh, Michelle, uh, through a, a very quick meeting, it probably didn't seem that quick to you, but it was a pretty quick meeting to get it. Oh, a mayor it seemed appointed. forever. Yeah, yeah. You uh, went through a voting process. It was narrowed down to two of you, and then it was uh, you uh, won the vote over fellow councilman Jimmy Hughes, and uh, here you are. Here I am. Here you are. Um, you uh, Also, through all that, or just before all that, you got a pretty bad case of COVID-19, you and your husband. and <laughs> It was awful. All kinds of health issues. and <laughs> Yeah, it was a crazy couple of weeks there, but we survived. I said, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, right? <laughs> yeah, I think that's a Kelly Clarkson song, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, let's go back to the phone lines. Uh, You're on with Andy with Mayor Michelle Randall. How are you today? Doing great. Good morning, Mayor. Good morning, Andy. Good morning. Um, Seth kind of stole my thunder. Um, You know, I've I've been coming to St. George since 1988 and uh, moved here full-time. Well, excuse me, built a house here in 2003 and moved here full-time in 2006. And I always felt that St. George was a safe city. And I have to be honest, I'm, you know, I'm from Southern California originally, and, and there's a lot of scary-looking people down there, and I'm starting to see some scary-looking people around St. George. And the thing that concerns me is what this administration uh, has done. They, they no longer uh, deport um, illegal DUIs. Uh, they dropped Operation Talon, which the previous administration started, where um, illegal sex offender was deported. They dropped that program. So there's going to be a lot, a, a lot of uh, people coming up here that aren't the type of people that you want to contribute to your community. So my main question is, I th- you know, it's my feeling that the uh, police department should have a high priority as far as far not firing as far as hiring uh, new officers. Is that something where it's just like a certain percentage every year, or is the city looking forward and saying, you know? Just the way things are, more and more people are coming here, and we have this situation at the border. Uh, we should be hiring a few more police officers than we normally would. I'm just wondering if that's something where the city is looking forward in that in that respect. We are definitely looking forward, especially when it comes to our public safety. That is one place we do not want to get behind the eight ball. And we are still a very relatively safe city. Our police, Our police department does an amazing job. And we just had our pre-budget meeting. They call it a retreat. To me, a retreat's something fun. Yeah. But right. <laughs> a full-day budget meeting is, is uh, crunching numbers. And, and our, our police chief asked for a lot in his budget this year. And as a, mm-hmm. I know the city council and as a mayor, I feel like if they need it, we've got to give it to them. Um, they need... They need more officers. They're in a hiring process right now. The problem is, after this last year, how many people want to be police officers anymore? That's true. That's but, you know, the problem and challenge we face. 
but then again, you also have that uh, police officers that enjoy uh, that uh, career want to get out of some of these cities that really don't appreciate their police officers and might want to come to a city like St. George. So when they, uh, last question, when they do their uh, um, hiring, when they're looking for police officers, do they do any type of publications out of state? That, we're, that they're hiring? I don't know how that works, or you just do local? No. Right now we have, we have it open to certified police officers, so anybody throughout the country, um, so that we don't have to put them through, through the training and post. We are right. looking for people that are already police officers, and, and we've gotten some from up north and, and from other, other states, but we right. still need more, and we are... We are hiring, so if you're a police okay. officer that happens to be listening and want a job in St. George, please apply. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're looking forward, Mayor, and I really appreciate that. Thanks for the comment. Thank, thank you. All right, see you later. And I do need Bye. to say I'm really biased, too, when it comes to the police department because my son is a detective. So Really? Here, yeah, my here oldest son. St. George? Uh-huh. Oh, cool. Yes. I did not know that. Yeah, he loves it. He's been on the police. He always tells everybody, hey, I had my job before mom got her job. <laughs> so that, you know, there was no nepotism there. You're technically his boss now, though, right? Sort of? Uh, sort of, kind of, yeah. yeah. You could you call Kyle Whitehead and say, hey, look, this Randall exactly. guy is not getting it done. Will you please tell him. Detective Randall that he needs to come <laughs> to his mother's house and help her hang her Christmas lights? Do you think that would work? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> it uh, hasn't yet. We've got, I've got to get a, a weather break in. Uh, if you want to call, 673-5890. If you want to email, maybe you're not comfortable talking on the phone, uh, you can email me, agriffin, G-R-I-F-F-I-N, at cherrycreekmedia.com. Or you can text me. Our text line here in the studio is 435-467-5842. Uh, we're with Mayor Michelle Randall. Michelle, hang on. We'll get, to, we'll get back in a minute. Perfect. 934 on KDXU, we have Southern Utah's most accurate and dependable forecast. Any rain will come to an end here quickly this morning across St. George with rapid clearing behind this storm system. So we'll go actually mostly sunny skies today, 65 for that daytime high. Cedar City may linger with those showers a little bit longer through about midday, 58 for the high. With Southern Utah's most accurate and dependable forecast, I'm ABC4 News Meteorologist Adam Carroll. Interior, exterior stain and wood finish paint, windows, mirrors, doors, and more. Even cracked windshields. When you hear the crash, think of Jones Paint and Glass. It is currently already 50 degrees this morning. We're on our way up to the high 60s, but boy, even better tomorrow as we hit 74 and then 76 on Saturday. It's going to be just a gorgeous weekend in Utah's Dixie. Be right back. Welcome back to the program, the Andy Griffin Show on Mayor Thursday. And for the second time, Mayor Michelle Randall is on the program today. Michelle, last time we had her on, didn't we didn't take any phone calls, but uh, we're uh, we're uh, we're opening it up today. Yeah, you're doing a great job so far. Hey, thanks. Oh, one thing I wanted to mention that I I thought about on my way here is I wanted to give a shout out to the Desert Hills basketball team for taking mm-hmm. second in state. Yeah, I know they were a little disappointed, I'm sure, but hey, second is is still awesome, and we're. Proud of our local teams. Yeah, made a great run, got all the way to the championship game. Unfortunately, came up just short. And uh, much credit to Cedar High School as yep. well. Cedar, Cedar did a good job. Yep. In basketball, sometimes it comes down to little things like making free throws, and Cedar made a whole bunch of them uh, in the fourth quarter and ended up uh, putting that game away. So uh, congratulations to Cedar and to Desert Hills. Great year That's for them. That's right. 
Uh, let's go. Uh, I have a text. I have a, a Facebook a message. I have an email. So let's get right to it. Okay, Michelle? Okay. All right. Uh, line one. Hey, you're on with Annie and with Michelle Randall, the mayor of St. George. How are you? Good morning. This is Don. I'm actually from Santa Clara, but uh, just have much love for Mayor Randall and, and uh, always good to talk to Andy. I, I moved here uh, not wanting anything to change because I loved everything that was here, but the demographics are changing, and there's some changes we have to put in place to make that happen. I'm noticing that we're, we're going to have a couple more Title I schools before too long as well. It's just the changing nature of things, and uh, I mean, we can all still pull together and try to keep this a great place, and I appreciate all the efforts that, you know, uh, you and Jimmy and some other people have done in the city to keep everything proper and straight and just, you know, we I, we just love our community and we just want to make, make sure it grows the right way. And I just, you know, I'm just encouraged to hear that we're making some of the right steps to make that right, uh, you know, adding more to the police fund and some other things. I had some issues about, you know, some people taking a knee before, but I've gotten over that. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I've got some really tough issues with this woke culture and, and the name Dixie because, you know, I, I know some Dixies in town and they're the most wonderful people you ever want to talk to. Yeah, agreed. They, just, they are. I'm just wondering, you know, what, what your, your vision is for, you know, the growth of the city and what you, you plan on doing with her. Well, <laughs> that's, a big, that's a big question. That's Don. a million dollar question. <laughs> yeah, you, I know. I know it's loaded. I'm just, you know, I'm just kind of get, trying to get a feel. I so I did an interview with St. George News and and I read the comments and then after I read that the comments I I vowed to myself to never read comments again on any article I do. <laughs> I tell my wife to do Indeed. that too and she loves them but uh, uh, yeah I, I don't either. I know but they they totally people just will read, read a headline. And so it sounded like I was trying to be Pollyanna and and Don you could appreciate this if if you love where we live. I think as we grow, we we still can maintain that that small town feel of knowing your neighbor, uh, being kind to people, going out of your way to help people. We have people that volunteer so much time in our community. The unsung heroes. We have so many nonprofits, and and they all worked for the betterment of our city. And as we grow, and if it's just up to each one of us individually to just go out there and put yourself out there and help to volunteer, be kind, you know, introduce yourself to your new neighbor. Even if they come from a city and you're, you don't love your politics, love their politics, you can always find something, some kind of common ground to agree on. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, and that's the thing, too, is, oh, Lord, I try. I mean, I really do try. I mean, some people don't want to be communicated with, and, I, you know, I I pick up trash on the trails whenever I see it. Awesome. I started a nonprofit in town, some other things, too. It's just I want to see this this place grow the right way, and it, I'm just I'm encouraged with the, um, the management we have in the city and, and the board. It seems like we're doing a lot to try to keep the, the feel and the integrity of what the city really is. And I just don't want to lose focus of that because, you know, it's there's nothing wrong with, with us. I mean, we we don't need to be secondary to some woke culture's, um, you know, quick whim that's going to come and go. We know who we are, and we know that we can be better than, than most. I just want to make sure we keep our standards. Right. I agree. Thank Thanks, you. Don. Well said. All right, let's Thank go to line two. Caller, uh, you're on with Annie with Mayor Randall. How are you? Doing well, thanks. So, um 
in in our current polit- uh, political system, we're we're seeing, especially in Utah, apparently, we're seeing a, a big influx of a title that's going around called Rhino. Um, my hope is that you know that's not what we're going to see from you. But my question is, uh, I noticed after your little. I don't know all the details about what happened with Dixie Ambulance, but I did notice that as soon as that happened, you started running for city offices, and now you've gotten to the point where you're the interim mayor and will be running for mayor. Uh, Is there any type of vendetta that's coming from your experience with the city out of your business that's going to be going into your leadership style? And I'll just take your answer off the air. Okay, thanks. Thanks for the question. I think if there was any vendetta, you would have seen it when I first ran. Um, I've had seven years. If I really wanted to uh, get rid of Cold Cross, I could have pushed that through. I, I would have had the votes for the council to back me, but I did not. When we lost Dixie Ambulance and I started, that was um, the, that's what pushed me to run for office. I just felt like nobody at the city was listening to our side of the story. And I didn't want that to happen to anybody again. So I wanted to be there to be able to listen to anybody who called or emailed. I wanted to be that conduit between the residents and the and city hall. And I think I've done an amazing job with that. And one of the first, uh, I don't know if you want to call it a debate or forum I went to, I just said that, When we lost Dixie Ambulance to Gold Cross, I gathered my family together and I said, we can either become bitter or better. And I chose to be better. And so, no, there is no vendetta there. Awesome. Let's uh, let's go to a couple of texts. Uh, Somebody wants an update on what's happening on Merrill Road. I know this is a, you're learning the city as it as it comes, but uh, said so there's been a partial upgrade of that road where it connects to Washington Fields Road, but there's still a portion mainly at Riverside Elementary that needs upgrading and widening to accommodate more lanes, et cetera, et cetera. Do you know anything about that? Maybe? I don't, but I will. Tell me the name of the road again. Merrill Road. Oh, Merrill Road. Like Merrill Osmond? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did the Merrills live there? I don't, but I will find out. And and if that if that person that's texting you will either email me or text me 435-632-9116 i will get back to them and what's the email michelle with one l so remember my parents tried to be unique (laughs) michelle.randall r-a-n-d-a-l-l at sgcity.org awesome awesome okay uh another one here this is a text says please ask mayor randall if she knows what's going on at dixie center the lot is packed yesterday and today they only have public events listed on the calendar do you know if what's happening at the dixie center i do not hmm. but i think we are starting to open up for business again yeah we're at the moderate level uh which helps us to be open we're going ahead with the arts festival that's April 2nd. Yeah, you were excited. I was actually excited to hear that because, yeah. you know, even before I lived here, and we're talking about like in the 80s and, and 90s, I, I always looked forward to the art festival and coming down. It's a great event. Probably all of Salt Lake and Utah counties <laughs> come down too, but a great event, a lot of fun, and it is on this year, April 2nd. April 2nd. It starts April 2nd. It is on. We will not cancel that. And the Washington County Fair is on. I, the, I know the parade starts the 13th of April. 
And the Utah League of Cities and Towns always has their mid-year conference here. They're already booked to have their mid-year conference here. So we're opening back up for conferences and different things. I, they'll still have the masks in place until the governor drops that. But It's starting to feel almost normal. Again, it, it is. It's getting there. That is awesome. All right, let's take one more call, and then i got to get a commercial break in. Hey, you're on with Andy with Mayor Randall. How are you? Hi, Andy and Mayor. Uh, um, I, I, I've got a, a comment and then uh, just food for thought and then a question about school crossing guards. And that may not be your uh, area, and I don't know that. That's the reason why I'm asking. But I have noticed that we have certain areas uh, where we have school crossing guards that stay all day long and they're there for an hour or two and then they're gone and then they come back in the evening they're there for an hour or two and gone but there's others that stay there all the time so i was wondering who controls that and why is some places running all the time now my comment is associated with dixie uh and dixie college i watched them change all this stuff in georgia and and was pretty irritated then just like i'm irritated now but if and I'm not LDS, so I don't know enough history to be sure, but it seems to me that this place was originally called Dixie Station, not Dixie, Utah, or anything like that, because it was a place where people came to uh, uh, start an industry to help the church and the settlements of the Mormons that originally came here. Why couldn't we use that history in the, na- in the new name since we're going to end up having to change it anyway? Your thoughts, Michelle? Good question. Um, I'm not sure. Well. What about the crossing guards part of it? The crossing guards? Yeah. So the PD is over the crossing guards. um, And I will uh, talk to Captain Sprague, who is over the crossing guards. I don't know any crossing guards that stay all day. Uh, Do you know which, which areas you're talking about? Well, there are several, but uh, just off the top of my head, them down on uh, the one at 2450 and 2350 i think it is okay okay yeah we'll check into i'll that. find out about that interesting yeah yeah I, I haven't i haven't seen any that stay all day but i i know that i i'm friends with a couple of crossing guards or have been over the years and they get so frustrated because people just fly right I through know. it's and, crazy you know, they're holding the sign out uh, i have a friend of mine who was a crossing guard who got hit by a car because the car would not stop and you know what they were hurt they weren't hurt seriously but they were hurt but they were glad that it was them and not one of the kids right. that got hurt in that situation and so def- definitely a frustrating job and and topic uh, I still see people flying by school bus. School buses stopped with their lights on and the little stop it's signs. It's amazing, isn't it? Around them. Just... It's everybody's in such a hurry. Mm-hmm. Give yourself ten more extra minutes for crying out loud and slow down. Yeah, yeah, good call there. Uh, okay, uh, we've got another break. We got to get in. We're with Michelle Randall, Mayor of Saint George City. Uh, you, uh, do you like being mayor? Is it has it been? Good? I do. It's has been it? good. Okay. It's been it's been great. That, that is good to hear because uh, you know some people get into something and they're like, oh, boy, this is not what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> so I'm glad you're doing Thank you, Michelle. Uh, we're going to have more with Michelle in about uh, a minute and a half. Uh, real quickly, my uh, duty is to thank Joe Shoney. Appreciate Joe Shoney. He's a loan officer and has been in southern Utah for 25-plus years. And his specialty is, uh, well, customer service, making sure that you, the customer, you, the lo- person getting a loan, knows exactly what's happening all the way through 
His average online is phenomenal. Michelle would like a 4.91 out of 5 star average for her rating as mayor. Hopefully she can get there. Uh, but uh, it's Joe Shoney, 435-590-6300. The uh, loan officer, who cares? Getting short on time, last eight or nine minutes of the show. It's Mayor Thursday with St. George Mayor Michelle Randall. Thanks again, Michelle, for coming on. You're so welcome. As much as I like John Pike, you are way better looking than he is. <laughs> Uh, Thank you. Sorry, John. Uh, uh, This is from Michael. uh, Message online says, uh, hey, in California where I lived uh, back in the late 80s and 90s, illegals began to come to town and they bought up blocks and blocks of real estate by putting multiple families on one mortgage so that they could afford those houses. Remember, we were talking about mm-hmm. that earlier on the show. Yeah. Uh, how do you afford a $500,000 house if, you know, if you're a migrant worker? Well, I guess you combine it and have multiple families. Is that legal here in St. George? No. No, it's not legal. Okay. No. Cool. All right. Uh, good question. Good comment there. Uh, he did say that the, the, uh, the, the crop pickers, is what he called them, were buying $500,000 homes and then putting 40 people in those homes or whatever. Yeah, no, uh, that's not legal. But uh, And that's another issue. Like with all of the overnight rentals, hmm. we have about 2,000 illegal overnight rentals in St. George alone. We have plenty of places that we allow it. But People can make a whole lot more money on these short-term rentals than long-term rentals for families that are looking for a place to rent, and that's unfortunate. That person that asked about what was going on at the Dixie Center said they made a call, and it's the Rural Water Conference uh, at the Dixie Center Wednesday through Friday this week. Oh, good. The Rural I, Water Conference. I texted someone, but, but they hadn't texted me back yet, so. We're on our list. The, the listeners of the show are savvy. They are sharp. So. <laughs> Uh, Michelle, again, uh, folks should know this. She brings a notebook. She takes notes during the show. If you have a question she can't answer, I, I guarantee she's going to follow up on it. And next time she's on the show, she'll have the, those answers. Uh, is the hardest part, I, the, the thing about St. George that I'm finding, and, and I lived in Washington for a long time too, there's segments. And, and, you know, you have the fields, and then you have the old town, and then you have, you know, in Washington City, you have Coral Canyon, and then you have the whole parkway area right. out there. St. George, there's segments, you know, and, and I guess that's what makes up a city. You have the different sections and segments. Has it been, uh, and you've been here a long time, but have, has it been hard to get to know some of the segments maybe that you weren't familiar with very well in the past? Well, as we grow, yes, it has been. And so... What we had started before COVID hit as a city, we're, we were doing community open houses in different areas of the yeah, city. Yeah. And that was awesome. It was. We would get a great turnout. You could meet people. You could address their issues. All of the department heads were there to answer questions about, you know, roads or water, whatever was going on. And we're going to start holding those again. Uh, I think our first one's in May, but don't hold me to that. If if memory serves, there was like free hot dogs and root beer floats too. So I don't we, know if you'll well, be able to do that. We again. always, yeah, we always had some food, and so <laughs> we're going we're going to start that again. And I'm excited, especially now being mayor, to get into different areas of the city and and get to know people that way. Well, and if you want people to turn out, you give out free. free uh, ice always, cream. yeah, yeah. awesome. All right, uh, hey, you're on with Annie with Mayor Randall. How are you today? Can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. Yep, I just had a, a quick question for the mayor. When it came time to uh, fill the seat on city council, Rick Erickson was given the seat, 
year old seed and the next day you got involved and you took that away from him and gave the job to not the second one in line who he did the coin toss with but you gave it to somebody else how how were you able to get in there and say who fills the seat i I think that's a great question and probably some clarification needed mayor yeah very much so i don't have the power to do that so i did nope i did not so we found the loophole and you got involved and you took it away from who was approved and who had the job and you gave it to i'm assuming in politics it was somebody that you liked better rather than who was best for the job well, you can assume that, but it, that is not how it happened. After two coin tosses, and on the second coin toss, there was a 2-2 tie, and they went to a coin toss, there is never a time where a mayor doesn't break a tie. And I didn't sleep that whole night. For one thing, had I become mayor by a coin toss, I would never actually feel legitimate. But... The city manager and I talked, and he said, Michelle, we didn't follow the statute right. He said, I was up most of the night reading through the statute. And then we've got three attorneys involved, and we called the uh, lieutenant governor's office. And the statute is so antiquated and confusing, and it is just a mess. And our city attorney is going to be working on changing that because it's a state statute. And they all said, no, you got the process wrong. So we went back to where the first vote happened, where it was a 2-1-1 vote, and proceeded from there. And the council members actually voted. From that point on, I didn't have a vote. There was no coin toss. And that's how it was decided, which that's how it should have been done the first time around. So So we learned what, a huge lesson. Where did the confusion come from? It was just a, a difficult thing to read. One of, one of the... Callers, uh, when it happened, was like, well, where was the where was the city attorney to interpret this, and why wasn't interpreted right the first time? We the city attorney was there for for one thing. This had never happened before okay. this way, and we had three attorneys of, in, involved the next time, and everyone's like, just let it go. It'll be an embarrassment to you, a black eye, and I'm like. I don't care. We're going to get it right. We're going to do it the right way and follow the statute the right way. And after we spoke to the lieutenant governor's office and they said, no, this is how it should be done. Then I said, let's do a redo with the top three. And that's what we did. I, I, you know, I was actually texting with Rick Erickson the, the night before the the redo or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and obviously he was frustrated and upset. Right. Um, and, and, the thing that I guess that I kind of look at it and, and with all due respect to Rick and to anybody is wouldn't we rather have it right than I, I know that it's disappointing and frustrating to someone who thought they were it and, and weren't it. But wouldn't shouldn't it be right? Isn't that the, the ultimate goal? That was my whole point. And I had also been in contact with Rick and he was so gracious. He He really was. He was very gracious. And he understood that. It needed to get to be right. He's welcome to run for the seat. I don't know if he will or not. Uh, but that's how, you know, it It was a black eye and an embarrassment to the city. We all were like, you know, we're going to take a lot of heat for this, but 
we wanted to get it right. So Vardell Curtis is the city councilman now. He and, is. Uh, we're going to try to get Vardell on the show at some point. Uh, he has been elusive. I've known Vardell for like twenty five. Oh, years. have you? He's, he's been very elusive. I'm going to I'm going to track him. I'm going to put it flat on his Harley or something. And get him <laughs> get him in here. But Michelle, we've used up the time. Thanks for coming on. You did great. Thanks, Andy. Appreciate it. Mayor Thursday on the Andy Griffin Show. Thanks for joining us. Time for news.